You've probably heard of the glass ceiling in the workplace, where women are trying to break through into the influential CEO and boardroom positions. But you might not be aware of the brick wall that women are trying to break down to gain more access to jobs in the science, technology, engineering, and mathematics fields. I'm Garland McWaters, and this is the Spirit of Leading Podcast. Today, women make up about 47% of the total workforce, but hold only 25% of the jobs in the technology sector. And unbelievably, that's actually lower than the percentage of tech jobs that women held 40 years ago. Ashley Coffey is one of those fortunate few who is working in the technology sector today. She is employed with Exalter in Tulsa, Oklahoma, where she is the Director of Technology and Integration. And she is the current president of Oklahoma Women in Technology. Ashley, thank you so much for taking time to join us here on the Spirit of Leading podcast. I've, I'll have to apologize that I've taken actually this long to get to you because I've been wanting to do this interview for about a year now. So thank you for making time today, which I know is a very, very busy day for you and your company. Yes, thank you so much for having me, Garland. I'm a big fan of what you do and a big fan of your leadership in Oklahoma. So I, I'm honored to be here on your podcast. Well, thank you so much. And I mentioned a busy day because we need to tell our, our listeners that you are, we're recording this on June the 1st. And yes. uh, the company that you work for, Exalter, is, is playing a role in the presidential visit today. Yes, it's really exciting, Garland. Um, for those who are listening, today is a really important day in the state of Oklahoma. It is the 100-year centennial of the Tulsa Race Massacre, which happened during the night of May 31st through June 1st in 1921. So the team at Exalter has been working directly with the Tulsa Centennial, centennial Commission for the past six months on developing an XR app. It is now available on the App Store and Google Play, and it is called Greenwood Rising XR. It's a wonderful app to help take the audience through the rich history of Black Wall Street and the businesses that thrived down Greenwood Avenue. So if you happen to be in the area, please check out the app. It's an exciting um, representation of taking technology and, and storytelling and bringing that to the forefront. And we're excited to, to show that to the to presidential administration who will be visiting uh, Tulsa today. Well, I'm excited for you and your company and all the people who have been a part of that. It is an important event that uh, finally is getting some of the recognition or the notice, I guess, that uh, certainly deserves and needs to have for us all to be aware of that. I've been watching a lot of the presentations on television, and I knew a little bit about it, but I'm just amazed at how much uh, I'm learning about some of the background, the details, and so forth. And so I hope people will really take this seriously and use Absolutely. this as an opportunity to really understand uh, kind of what's going on. Because as we talk about the spirit of leading, one of the things that's important about leaders is leaders take time to really understand the context of things. And so no matter what you really think about all of that, uh, it's understanding context is a very important part of being able to respond appropriately to the circumstances and where we go from here. So thank you for your role in helping us understand that. Thank you. Tell me about uh, how you got involved in the STEM uh, side, the technology side to begin with, because I know that is sort of a pioneering, still a, considered a pioneering area for young women. 
I think the STEM industry in Oklahoma is booming and we are on the cusp on the fourth industrial revolution as we speak. And my journey into STEM, and for those who are watching to, to clarify, STEM stands for science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. So when I say STEM fields, that could be anything from um, being a doctor or being a biomedical engineer or being a computer programmer. There are so many careers that fall into STEM fields. And I actually got my love of STEM through being a kid and taking computers apart. Um, I gave a TED talk actually in September of 2019 on cultivating women's empowerment with technology. So if you Google search Ashley West TED talk, um, you can read more or, or watch that. But uh, really where I found my passion was working at Apple for about five years. So during my time at Apple, I trained people on how to use the technology both internally and externally. I had the privilege of being flown out to California on Apple's corporate headquarters to be trained. And that's where I really saw the potential for bridging the technology gap, um, both in a broad perspective, but also in a perspective of uh, female representation in STEM. Um, at the time when I started working for Apple, it was 2011 and um, I, we had, you know, other other uh, females that worked on the staff, but it was definitely an unequal representation. So as I've gone throughout my career, um, I made it my goal to to make sure that everyone feels supported and uplifted in STEM fields, because at the end of the day, that's how we win is by supporting and uplifting one another, especially in Oklahoma, and especially as these, as these technology companies are looking to grow and expand. We are going to see a, a massive growth in job fields or in, in jobs and technology just in the, in, in the next few years. So we want to be able to welcome those people with open arms, especially in Oklahoma, because there's so much untapped potential. And I think the beauty of what you mentioned, the next gen program is helping young people understand the value of these organizations and how they can keep doing the good work on the ground to support one another. And because we are the next generation of leaders in Oklahoma and in the US and in the world, and we wanna make sure that we are actively listening to those around us and actively trying to make change here in Oklahoma. So I applaud you Garland and I applaud everyone at the Next Gen program for uplifting those young people because it just really truly makes a difference. Well, thank you for uh, saying that. Uh, it's uh, certainly become a passion of mine. I know Don Swift, our, the founder of the Next Gen Under 30 project here in the state, uh, really is passionate about uh, young people stepping up and, uh, and, and, and taking their place, not down the road somewhere, but now. Uh, I'm a real disciple of Seth Godin, and uh, he's kind of an influence leader, a thought leader in the area of marketing and, uh, and, and innovation in, in the entrepreneurial realm. And uh, he wrote a book uh, about two or three years ago called uh, something about standing up for in your, when, when it's your time. It says, uh, uh, be ready for your time and your time is now. <laughs> it says not somewhere down the road, it's now. And so... Uh, every, I think all of our young people need to understand that we don't want you to wait until you're 40 or 50 years old to think this is time to be a leader. Uh, your 20s is a good time to start. And uh, if you notice a lot of my podcasts, even though I'm interviewing some older guests, uh, we're really talking about the time they were in their 20s when they really had their chance to step up and exercise some leadership 
and uh, they, it became a career for them and a career of leadership. And that's what we want our young people to, to be looking forward to is a career of leadership that starts like today, which is a reason I really wanted to talk to you about to what you're doing with the Women in Technology program. Because uh, you're, you've, you joined that association several years back, and now you're the president of it. So here you go. And yeah. uh, so tell me about how all that happened and what, uh, how, how, uh, what you've learned as a part of that process. Thank you, Garland. And uh, it's crazy. Life comes full circle, right? I think you said it really well. There's no better time than now. There's no better time than the present. Um, I joined Oklahoma Women in Technology in 2016. And for those of you who don't know, Oklahoma Women in Technology is a nonprofit here in Oklahoma with a dedication to bridging the gender gap in STEM fields. We are 100% volunteer run and operated. And I say that to remind folks that we all have full-time jobs. We do this on top of our full-time jobs. So we, we are so passionate about the mission of bridging the gender gap in STEM fields that we, we make sure that we put in the work to make sure others feel supported. So Oklahoma Women in Technology was founded by four amazing women in Oklahoma, uh, Brandy Seymour and Jill Dahl, Ashley Cornelius, and Maggie Jurgener. If you visit okwit.org, you can learn a little bit more about our mission. But what's exciting, Garland, is we are celebrating five years as an organization. We have given out over $10,000 worth of scholarships to over 20 women in Oklahoma pursuing careers in STEM, which that right there, I think is a wonderful impact of what happens when you show up, right? And, and be present and take, take care of those around you. So on top of the scholarships that we're giving, we have over 3000 members, a part of OKWIT across the US and, and the world. With the pandemic, we have noticed more people outside of Oklahoma starting to pay attention to these organizations and these groups to start to feel that sense of community. We're growing exponentially, and we couldn't do that without the generous sponsors of companies like Devon Energy, Paycom, OneGas, Cortopia, you name it. Um, it's because of these sponsors, we're able to give out those scholarships and we're able to produce these uh, mentorship programs and these networking opportunities. And what's really exciting is we're, we're actually going to have a gala in um, October of this year. And I'd love to invite you to that garland and anyone else that might be watching. It'll be Friday, October 15th at Cole's Garden in Oklahoma City. So we'll be taking the time to recognize our scholarship winners. We just announced our Trailblazer Award winner, Erica Lucas of Oklahoma City, um, co-founder of Stitch Crew um, out of the Oklahoma City Thunder Launchpad. She's a great embodiment of being a trailblazer in the tech field. We wanna, we wanna honor that. So being a part of Oklahoma Women in Technology has helped me both personally and professionally to understand what it takes to volunteer, to understand resource planning, working with other people of different backgrounds, different beliefs, different perspectives. I mean, I interact with people on a daily basis that are on all ends of the age spectrum, but what unites us is our mission and our bond with one another to support that mission. So it, it is fulfilling for me. We also just rebranded as well, which is really exciting. So we just have a lot of really good things going but it's not easy. I want to remind young folks that 
whenever you see the outcome on the other side, typically most people see the shiny outcome, mm -hmm. you know, the deliverable. But what I want to talk about and focus more on is that journey to get there is never perfect. Right. That journey to get there is never a straight line. It's never linear. Um, I love Greg McEwen's Essentialism. And he talks about that, the book Essentialism. He talks about, you know, progressive growth is never a straight line. It goes all over the place. And I think sometimes millennial generation, I, I don't want to speak for the generation, but that's the generation I'm a part of, is we think that everything has to be perfect. And we think that everything, everything that's successful happens easily. And that's not true. I, I find more value in the stories of failures. I myself have experienced so many failures. And I want to talk about those and share about them because I think everyone has those, but it's about the grit and the resilience to work through those failures and get back up and try again. So to the young people and, and people all over watching, remember that it's never perfect. It's about showing up, doing your best, and that's all you got to do. the things that happen to us in life along the way, especially unexpected things, are really to be treasured and uh, not to think, oh, no, I really messed up, you know, because uh, if you're not messing up, you ain't trying hard enough. <laughs> so that's kind of the way that works. But uh, if, uh, if, uh, if, if you look back on some of, the, some of the experiences that you've had, has there been a, a, a hurdle that has really been a tough one to get over as it relates to getting women more engaged in some of these technology areas? There are a lot of environmental factors and societal factors that contribute to that answer, but I'll kind of boil it down to something a little bit more easy to digest. I think one, providing scholarships and reducing the barrier to access when it comes to education or certifications. I think that right there is one but two, calling things out when you see them happen, I think is really important. Whenever you see behavior that you don't feel like is right or you don't feel like supports the values of an organization, I think it's important to call those things out and, and, and you know have a, a, an open dialogue and a conversation. But also I, I, I've noticed in terms of like negotiation, there's not a lot of negotiation happening in terms of salaries. There's a lot of in, um, pay inequity here. And I think it's important for more women to start being transparent about what they make. My friends and I are very mm -hmm. transparent about what we make because it helps one another. Right. It helps one another understand, okay, here's my skill set. Here's what I should negotiate for that. There's my value. So I want to encourage those out there to one, don't undervalue your skill set. You don't have to be 110% qualified for a job to apply for it. Right. Uh, there's a lot of people that I see where they, they look at a job description and they say, oh, I only need 90% and they still don't apply for a job. So I don't, don't feel like you have to be perfect to apply for jobs. You know, network with people, I think, is another great thing. I think sometimes you're siloed in STEM industries, but whenever we start talking with one another, we realize that a lot of organizations have very similar needs, whether that's for jobs or that's through networking. So just open up and talk with one another and, and make sure that you are being an ally for those around you, I think, is the biggest thing. And that goes for both men, women, 
all ages, backgrounds, races, genders, you know, I think listening and being open it is really, really important here. Um, and having that, that attitude of support and uplift because I personally in my career have experienced an equal, equal amount of, um, I, I don't want to say resistance, but an equal amount of negativity for both men and women um, in STEM fields. So I want to emphasize that it's not all, you know, being in STEM, being a women-led STEM organization does not mean that we are downright hard, hardcore feminists. We're mm -hmm. not. We, we want to make sure that we, we are communicating that we are promoting allyship, essentially. Right. So um, to kind of boil it down there, I think, you know, supporting one another, you know, contributing to scholarships, volunteering your time and being more open and transparent for the betterment of negotiating are great strategies to help alleviate those challenges that women face in STEM field. I appreciate the way that you're plowing the new ground in a sense because I'm the grandfather of seven granddaughters, but I don't want anything holding them back. As an older person myself, let me just give you a little hint here, young ladies <laughs> and young men. Because uh, I've worked a lot in, in, with corporate groups and business, and I'll tell you that the job description is just a guess. So it's not a set in concrete, uh, usually not a set in concrete description anyway. It's just sort of a place to get started. And uh, they want to, they really do want to bring in a lot of people who have an, a variety of of talents and experiences to bring to bear because what usually happens in most jobs is the person gets the job and then they reinvent the job in the way they do it. And uh, and that's really when the job's exciting is that you're getting to put yourself into it and it becomes, in a sense, your job in that respect. And so I just want to encourage everybody that uh, employers today are looking for you to bring your talents and bring the value that you have and then add that value and then watch the magic happen around you as you support and, and be a part of a team that works together and, and does some amazing things that even you probably at the time you took the job didn't know was going to happen. Just don't ever disqualify yourself, ever, ever, ever disqualify yourself uh, by thinking you just don't have the right stuff. Where do you see some real opportunities for women in this technology area? Are there some hot hot places that they really could compete? Great question, Garland, and, and good timing on the question, too, because I don't know if you've been paying attention to what's been going on um, in, in D.C. lately, but with the SolarWinds hack that happened last year, I think society and you, you know the powers that be are starting to realize the importance of internet security, cybersecurity. So I'd say the number one hot career in the next five to 10 years, honestly beyond, is gonna be cybersecurity. Um, so anything involving cybersecurity is going to be a great job to get into. Also data science. Um, data analysis, we, we produce data every day. We produce, I, I forgot how, what the actual number is, but it's, it's in a crazy amount of data. So data analysis, also project management. People don't think that project management is important in technology, but it is critical. I do, I do a little form of project management myself, um, but it is, is a STEM 
related field. I would also say that any, any field in, or any job in development, if you write programs for computers, so computer programming development for software, like apps development for virtual reality, um, my job, we do a lot of virtual reality um, and augmented reality development for programs and experiences. And specifically, and you mentioned a little bit about vocational training, we're building training experiences for an accredited university here in Oklahoma to bring in their curriculum into VR. So instead of having to go into a classroom and show that they can weld something or put together an electric circuit board, they can do it in VR safely and, and without having to get the risk of getting sick, you know, with, with, with being in a pandemic. So I think those fields, cybersecurity, data analysis, programming, project management are all really um, hot fields that are just going to quadruple in growth in the next few years. Well, that sounds really, really exciting. And uh, I want to encourage people. I'm, I'm a real advocate of project management myself. Uh, even though I'm just a really off-the-chart right-brainer, I love project management because I think of it kind of as a puzzle uh, to put mm. together. I tell people it's kind of like putting together a jigsaw puzzle, except when you begin, you don't know what the picture is on the box. You have to figure that out. And then you don't know how many pieces are in the box. you got to figure that out. You know, you're not quite sure how they're going to go together, so you got to figure that out too. <laughs> and so when you get done, <laughs> everybody has kind of a picture, a good idea of what the project's supposed to be able to accomplish. And I just think it's a lot of fun to do that kind of planning and the, the, the real creative aspects of looking at a project to see what the potential of it and the possibilities of it can be. And it's, uh, I, I just really want to encourage uh, young people to look seriously at that discipline of project management because it can be used in every aspect of business and industry and even in your personal life. It's, uh, 100%. Well said, Garland, and I love your analogy there. I'm a huge fan of analogies and what you said there about the puzzle. Like project management is like trying to put together like a thousand piece puzzle without knowing what the picture is. Mm -hmm. That is the most beautiful analogy of project management I've ever heard. Thank you. <laughs> well, you're, you're welcome to use it all, all you want to. What do you think is your biggest takeaway so far in terms of your own personal growth? Things, something that you've learned about yourself or learned a skill that you picked up or an attitude or a philosophy of life or whatever it might be that you think is shaping you now and, and it's going to take you forward down the road? I think I'll, I'll respond with one of my favorite Thoreau quotes. And it goes, what you get by achieving your goals is not as important as who you become. And I love that because it talked to me, it kind of hones in on the, what we talked about earlier, that success isn't linear and the journey is more important than, than the destination. Right. So I think that right there is one of my biggest takeaways out of all of my life experience is that right there, but also learning to be a better listener is so important and, and learning that you don't have control over everything. And you can only control what is in your, your sphere of control. Like I, I don't have control of the, of the weather, so I'm not gonna worry about it. Right. I don't have control over what other people might think about me. So I'm not gonna worry about it. And I think that's something that we all need to kind of remember. We only have control in our own little circle there. So I think as you know, we start to open up, businesses start to open up, I think it's all about attitude. I, I've seen this, this shift here where 
we've been in um, digital worlds for so long with the pandemic and we're still trained to learn how to communicate with one another. And I've seen, I've observed that I think we're really quick to get short with people, we're really quick to think ne like negative intent with someone, even though they may not be doing anything negative. So, so I think it's important to have a positive attitude. I know it sounds so simple, but I think it's the most profound thing, no matter what industry you're in, no matter how old you are, no matter how much money you have in the bank account, your attitude towards life can make the difference between you having a great day and you having a horrible day. Because you know what? That is what's in your control. That's what that's, that's exactly correct. That's what's under your control. And I've I've learned and I've and I also teach in all of my courses so when when I get in front of people is that uh, when you look around, just remember everybody is just like you are. They want the very same thing you want. They want to get up every day, go to work, do something they love doing, uh, add value to uh, what they're uh, what they're working with or working on. Uh, they want to do something that they think that they can be proud of. They want to be proud of their work product. They want to be proud of who they are doing it, and they just uh, want to uh, get along with people and do the best they know how and uh, be appropriately recognized for their participation for doing that. It's, and that's not a hard thing to want. And it's not yeah. a hard thing to accommodate. You know, we just have to sort of remember what we're all trying to do is just make the world a better place. Agreed. So, and one last thing that I'll add, Garland, um, one of my other biggest takeaways here is gratitude and, and recognizing those that are around us that support us. I couldn't do what I do on my own. Um, I, I, I do it with the amazing support of my friends and family, but my husband, Sean has been the most encouraging and supportive partner throughout all of my creative endeavors and leadership endeavors. My mentor, Peggy Guy has been the most incredible mentor. I met her through Oklahoma Women in Technology. Actually, we, um, paired up in, in 2017 and to this day, we still keep in contact with one another. And that support just means the world to me. So I always want to let people know, you know, let those people that are your support system know that you are grateful for that. Um, because I think those are the unsung heroes behind all of us, right, that are supporting mm -hmm. us and encouraging us and, and being our cheerleaders. So I always want to remind people, you know, tell those people, thank you. Just because you think it doesn't mean that they know it. So make sure to communicate that. So I wanted to give a shout out to my husband and Peggy, my mentor, and, and all my friends and family for, for their support over the years. Well, I know they appreciate that. And let me just say, since you mentioned Peggy, there's a lot of things that I, mistakes I made in my life, but one of the things I really got right was I hired Peggy on my staff at Metro Tech years ago and uh, brought her into the career tech system at that time and uh, was probably one of the best, probably the single best hire I ever made. So I'm so glad that you've been able to uh, find her and uh, have her as a mentor of yours because she's a really classy, wonderful individual and uh, with a great family. And I know that uh, she really enjoys working with you, I'm pretty sure. So Absolutely. Well, thank you, partners. Garland. I'll pass along your kind Please words do. to her. Well, thank you so much, uh, Ashley, for joining me today. I know we kind of squeezed this one in at the last second, but uh, I really appreciate uh, your taking time to do it. I look forward to working in the future with you on Next Gen Under 30 events. I look forward to, uh, to many more great things you're doing. The, the company you're working for sounds very exciting. I'm excited to hear more about what they're doing. 
And it is an exciting time to be out there uh, in technology and in working with people. And now that we've kind of coming out of this pandemic and people are real excited about getting back together face to face as well as virtually uh, to, uh, to really start making some things happen. And hopefully uh, we'll see some really positive things really taking off in our communities uh, here soon. So thanks again for joining me and I wish you well in your activities uh, today and, uh, and going forward. Thank you, Garland, and, and thank you for cultivating the spirit of leading. Well, that's all the time we have for uh, this session of the Spirit of Leading podcast, and I want to thank everyone for listening. I also want to encourage you to recognize and appreciate anyone who demonstrates the spirit of leading at work and in the community. When you join the Empowered, you're going to get a notification of my latest podcast or the latest post in my weekly Empowering Thoughts series. So please take time to share this podcast with your friends or colleagues. And until next time, I urge you to live empowered each and every day and unleash your creative energy, encourage the spirit, enliven the heart, enlighten the mind, and enlarge the expectations of living in yourself and in others. I'm Garland McWaters. Thank you.